Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is sponsored by Hero Power. Support clean energy at no extra cost. Go to MyHeroPower.com and in less than two minutes, get Green E Certified Renewable Energy Certificates. They'll match 100% of your electricity use. Never pay more than ComEd rate. Your bill doesn't change. Your service doesn't change. Plus, get $25 off your first bill just for helping us fight climate change. Go to MyHeroPower.com. MyHeroPower.com. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment. Weekly concert listings. Weekly event listings. The environment. Travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader. Free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Friday, May 1st. It's just moments away. Uh, live stream chat. It's the first of the month. You guys paying your rent? You guys going to hold out? What's the plan? Let us know on the live stream chat. I typically wait about 10 days anyway, so I'm just going to do that again. See how that goes. See if they send me a letter. Don't have to pay it. What are you going to do? You going to pay the rent? Did you already pay the rent? Let's talk about it. Or your mortgage or whatever. Uh, your Bendrowski show is moments away. But before we do that, let's thank the following unions for sponsoring this program. Unions like the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8. That's correct. The International Union. <laughs> it always cracks me up. The International that, Brotherhood correct. of Electrical Workers, Local 9, are sponsors. That's correct. As well as the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. That's correct. And, of course, today's Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Ben, have you talked to Bob Ryder in a while? haven't talked to him in a while. Bob, I hope you're safe and sound. Yeah. He's a great guy. I was thinking about Bob. we got to get him back on the show. Oh, and by the way, starting... We were talking about him yesterday. I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah. Ed Maher. Yeah, we talking Ed about Maher. the inflatable rat and how uh, when the reader was... We were doing our uh, protest uh, demonstration to try to force... Uh, some concessions from the other side. Well, they were tough. For 10 trivia uh, points, what's the name of the rat? Scabby. That's correct. Nice job. Uh, and Bob Ryder brought the rat, so God bless Bob Ryder. There you go. Bob Ryder, hope you're okay. All right. Oh, hey, starting next week, guys, we're going to start doing requests for Song of the Day, okay? So at about this time. <laughs> we are? At about this, yeah, yeah. I, at, I, I don't at, remember that in the pre-show you meeting. You didn't get my email about no, that? I didn't. Oh. Uh, by the way, the donuts that you brought today for the pre-show, excellent. Yeah, they're pretty good, right? Oh, my God. Boston cream? <laughs> no donuts. When are we going to have donuts like a real show pre-show prep meeting, right? <laughs> Coffee and donuts. No, so uh, starting next week, we're going to do requests, okay? So at about this time, oh before we get the show going, all right? I want to, you know, uh, inspire people to jump on as early as they can. <laughs> so KMA, he's usually the first person on uh, the live stream. So KMA, uh, I, I have a feeling you're going to get the first request. So starting Tuesday, when we jump on the live stream chat, you're going to give a request right, well, for Ben. well, here's the deal. 
And he's Here, probably well, not going to know what the song is. No, here's what we're going to do. If the song is pre-1980, I'll sing no. it. If it's post-1980, you'll sing nah, it. Nah, I don't know about that. Uh, hey, man, I don't, I don't know, know about those that. 80s songs. Like, what that's, they... that's what's funny about it. You can make up your own version of the song. What that's... the heck was that? What was that? I don't know. There's some guy banging. Oh, so be ready for that. Yeah, so let's be ready add... for some construction sounds. Let's going add that to the, the madness. <laughs> Brown line, Metra, and some dude yeah. out there doing construction. <laughs> that's cool. You hear it? Whoa. Did you guys hear that? It sounds like a dude like banging on steel. Holy cow. Oh, Maybe we'll open the window and give that, make that an exclusive. Oh. All right. Let's get today's show going. Ben, give us a Friday song of the day. All right. I think I'm really feeling the stones these days, man. I see a red door and I want to paint it black. No, no, we, we, we. It's Brian Jones on guitar. It's to the point now where I'm looking forward to that guitar part at the end of every song. Uh, no colors anymore. I want to paint on black. That's Charlie Watts on drums. The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. It is Friday, May 1st. And live from Ben's house, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, apparently some guy doing construction outside. <laughs> and it's another Romano Rundown with Chicago Sun-Times editor, Romano Hussein. And now your host, don't hand him the hammer. Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here calling this Biden bashing Friday. And here's why. I'll tell you why. Just the headline we'll start with. Because there's going to be a lot of Biden bashing today. Good God. We have a lot of... You know, T, I, Joe Biden, by the way, uh, he was uh, went on TV day, today to to defend himself uh, on Tara Reid's accusations. We'll get into all that later. Uh, but uh, I've got all these guests lined up for... a post-show interviews to drop over the weekend, and I realized there's not a Biden supporter among them. Micah Uric will uh, be one of our guests. Amina Mustafa will be one of our guests. Uh, lefties. D, I should have brought a Biden person. You're going to have to be the Biden supporter today, all right? Oh, great. All right, listen. <laughs> You're welcome, Joe. Uh, I got your back. <laughs> I got to tell you, folks, now this place is pretty straight around here. Nobody really knows what his politics are except for me. I get an earful every day. Let me tell you something. Not a big Biden fan. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, first of all, let me say Happy May Day, everybody. Happy uh, May Day. It's the first of May. Uh, and I also want to say that I had a great opening uh, written up, ready to deliver. Unfortunately, I cannot read a word I wrote. Oh, great. <laughs> We're right on track. <laughs> right on track. A typical Ben Jarofsky show. Ben can't read I can't, everything and it he wrote was, down. It was really good. I was so inspired. What is this show? <laughs> So uh, anyway, happy May Day. This is, of course, if we is... ever get rich enough, Ben, we're getting you a teleprompter. Right? Type it in. You can just read it right there on the oh, teleprompter. Huh? If we ever get rich enough. That yeah. ha- uh-uh. Before the teleprompter. So, so we'll never have a teleprompter is what I'm trying to tell you. I, I, I'm trying to tell you before that teleprompter, if we get rich, we're getting donuts for the pre-show meeting. Woo. That's what we're going to get. Uh, uh, happy May Day, everybody. It's uh, an international day of, uh, celebrated by the left. Uh, commemorating the Haymarket riots or the Haymarket affair, whatever you want to call it, uh, in Chicago way back when in the 19th century, where lefties were organizing for eight-hour day. So uh, as a lifelong lefty, I raised my uh, fist in solidarity with lefties everywhere. 
uh, even though the lefty I voted for in the Democratic primary did not win. <clears throat> anyway, uh, in honor of May Day, I am wearing my Willie Wilson for Mayor t-shirt. Show those listeners that t-shirt, could you please? Look at that, huh? Willie Wilson, Willie Wilson for mayor, 2019. We'll get a picture of that, and we'll put it on the Facebook page later on. Uh, now, Dennis, I know you're asking me, but Ben, why are you why wearing are you a wearing Willie Wilson, Wilson May- May- t-shirt on May Day? on May Day? I could read your mind. If I could read your mind, man. Uh, anyway. By uh, the way, KMA Barry says that may have been your best singing yet on Song of the Day. Just saying. Wow. <laughs> Someone wants a blue Mustang. Wait, time out. Was that sarcasm or was that sincere? I think it was sincere. You know, a lot of people say I do kind of, uh, you know, I got that Mick Jagger edge when I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> Getting a little full of yourself. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. I dance as good as Mick Jagger. Let's not go to Remember that one? Moves like Jagger. I mean, no offense, folks. I love the Rolling Stones as much as the next person. But as I've said many times, Mick Jagger can't dance. That's a topic for another day. Anyway, where was I? <laughs> Willie Wilson. I'm wearing my Willie Wilson T-shirt because, one, I got a text from his press secretary, Scott, uh, this morning with a, a picture of Karl Marx. I think uh, Scott was being a wise guy when he sent me that. Uh, because, two, Willie Wilson is of the Republican persuasion. Willie is a Republican. I just thought, D, you know, with so much strife in the world today, I would show a little solidarity with my Republican brothers and sisters. Nice. So I thought of the only Republican anything I had was a Willie Wilson T-shirt. I want to thank uh, Willie Wilson for being a great guest all these years on my show, wherever I've been. Uh, and it's Hug a Republican Day, D. Did you know that? No. It's Hug a Republican Day. You just Whenever you see a Republican, hey, go right down to the uh, Thompson Center. There's tons of MAGA hat wearers Great day there. for <laughs> hugging, especially during a pandemic. Hug well, a Republican. Let's the, hug people. But the Republicans don't think it's real. I saw a, a, a MAGA hat wearer with a sign, don't trust doctors. I'm like, wow. <laughs> doctors lie. <laughs> you guys trust Trump over doctor. You trust the guy who said, take the Lysol. Anyway, it's hug a Republican day, but you're right, D. It's it's a pandemic, so we'll just I'll just wave at a Republican. How about that? And uh, why else am I wearing the Willie Wilson T-shirt? Well, D was the first shirt I pulled out of the drawer when I was uh, getting dressed. This, oh, this there morning. we go. Yeah, there with that, all that sincerity. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, I had all these shirts to choose from, and I thought I'm going to pick that Willie Wilson one. No, no, no. Yeah, I just grab it, whatever. <laughs> I just want to thank Willie Wilson uh, for giving me the shirt. And uh, so it's nice to wear every now and then. All right, on the other business, uh, most of it grim. It's horrific news. Uh, are just filling the newspapers, what is it, 30 million claims for uh, unemployment? Uh, 1.1 million conf- confirmed uh, COVID-19 cases uh, in the country. 64, almost 64,000 deaths. Illinois, it's at 53,000. A uh, story in the front page of the Sun-Times. Uh, where is it? Here, I might find my Sun-Times. Here it is. Really moving story. I got to give uh, Neil Steinberg uh, and Ashley Rezin Garcia credit. Our worst day. And uh, they spent some time uh, on the front lines with nurses from uh, Roseland Hospital on the south side. A very moving story. Our worst day about what they're up against. Uh, nurses, there's like people, the, some of the nurses are getting sick. Some of the doctors get sick. So nurses have to work twice as hard double shifts uh and you know they're fully protected trying because they don't want to take uh the disease home and then infect their families and then it's just the situation where they have to deal with these horrendous moments at uh, work just overworked and dealing with just 
life and death situation, people dying in front of them. And uh, then they have to go home and try not to take it with them. So a very well-written article. My shout-outs to the Sun-Times for doing a great job. But really, my heart goes out to those frontline workers. Dennis and I are trying to have as much fun as we possibly can in the middle of a pandemic while we sit here in our attic overlooking the uh, brown line in the alley. But I know we have it easy compared to people like the nurses and the doctors at Roseland and all the other healthcare people. So my heart goes out to them um, and uh, really rallying on May Day with people on the front line. It's not just nurses, factory workers and uh, warehouse workers across the country talking about going on strike because one, they're, they're not getting the hazard pay they deserve Two, in many cases, they're being forced back to go to work even though uh, they may have the illness. And uh, three, they don't even have the basic emergency equipment to protect them. And this is so bizarre. Listen, I've said this all week long, D. I'll say it again and again and again. I support the First Amendment rights of the MAGA hat wearers in Illinois uh, and Michigan, Wisconsin, to protest Democratic governors. I realize their protests are politically motivated. I realize that they're not really invoking the principle they feel in their heart because the principle of liberty that they declare on, on their behalf when it comes to uh, battling or resisting an, an order by Governor Pritzker, they throw out the window when it comes to uh, Donald Trump and his executive decisions. In fact, just today in the paper, there's a story about uh, the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeal here in Illinois and Chicago overturning a, a Trump ruling, a Trump declaration, a Trump ultimatum on immigration law. I don't see any MAGA hat wearers uh, invoking the cause of liberty, uh, battling that. No, liberty only applies to what? Uh, their right uh, to defy a common sense order from a Democratic governor in the middle of a pandemic. Nonetheless, like I said, D, I celebrate their rights uh, to uh, articulate their First Amendment beliefs and causes. So I just wish they would put their energy to something, some better use. I don't know, like helping the frontline workers somehow or other. Maybe, you know, doing what Willie Wilson did, you know, Digging into your pockets and buying some uh, emergency equipment so the doctors and nurses, uh, you know, aren't exposed. Who are, the doctors and nurses who are treating people who have this disease. I don't know. Maybe put that energy to good use. But no, I guess they have their First Amendment right. Um, anyway, so that's a lot of grim news. Let's put it aside and talk about something, uh, I don't know. Well, it's hard to say the news that follows is lighter. Uh, but it is, I don't know, a diversion. This country loves uh, sex stories, and Joe Biden, essentially, uh, that's what this is. Uh, Tara Reid has accused Joe Biden of uh, sexual assault. It's a, she's a very serious accusation that has finally made its way to the front pages of the newspapers across the country. And uh, Joe Biden uh, was forced, finally, to deal with it today. So, uh, D, I'll t can I give it a little shout-out to young Dennis? Uh, we call him downstate Dennis around here because he's got that. <laughs> that was the first time you've ever called me that. <laughs> Because he's got that downstate work ethic. Unlike me, he doesn't sleep till noon. Unlike me, he's up and at him early. What can I say? I was raised by hillbillies. <laughs> so here's what he did today, folks. He hopped out of bed at like five in the morning. He chopped some wood. He smoked some reefer. <laughs> he knew that. Way. You know, we've been working together so long. You knew that was coming. I didn't even. I didn't even mention I was going to do that line. That is a good line. Just imagine Dennis hopping out of bed, chopping the wood, smoking the reefer, and then turning on the boob tube to watch uh, 
Mika, right? I got it right? You are killing it today, Ben. Man, I was so worried. I was going to screw that name up. Mika Brzezinski, grill Joe Biden uh, about Tara Reid's exercisations. And can we give a shout out to Mika? You know, before the interview, a lot of... Hey, Mika. Uh, people go, ah, oh, she's going to go easy on him. Ah, oh, they're going to softball him. Ah, oh, that's why he picked her show to go on. Man, she grilled him. Brzezinski was an aide, a foreign policy aide, uh, to Jimmy Carter, President Jimmy Carter back in the 70s. Yeah, things I know. Uh, anyway, so I was like, I was like, is she going to do it? She grilled him. And, you know, he had, we're going to break it down, as I said. Uh, he had his talking points that he was going to stick to. Uh, and he basically stuck to them. But she kept hammering away at him, hammering at him, uh, because I think she was looking for these moments where she would ask him a direct question, and then he would have to give a, a direct response that if was ever proved the other way, would come back to haunt him. And that leads me to say this in the most general sense about the interview, which I watched, and I'm going... Once again, thank you to Dennis. He was walking over to my house, and he so kindly sent me uh, the entire interview. My bike's in the shop. I had to walk here today. Walk. It's a nice walk, though. It's a beautiful bad. day. Yeah, beautiful day. He sent me the interview. I've since sent, sent that interview to five different people who are coming on this show. And you know what? Can I just say this right now? People who say, I said, did you watch the interview? No, I read about it. No, 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 no. You got to watch the interview, right, D? Huh? So I've been sending it out. That's one of the things I've been doing. And a few uh, highlights before we uh, take the deeper dive uh, in the news. Uh, bottom line, in my humble opinion, is that uh, nothing has changed uh, unless... The, the, the big issue is uh, Tara Reid's complaint. Uh, she claims that she uh, filed a complaint uh, with the Senate, the U.S. Senate, about Joe Biden's behavior. And uh, they've, we've not seen a copy of that complaint. So right now it's her word about filing the complaint and his word that uh, he never was notified about the complaint. So he doesn't know of his existence and he says he didn't do what he did. If if they find that complaint, D, man, <laughs> I don't know how Joe Biden can continue this uh, campaign. I really don't. Uh, now, I say that, of course, I didn't want him to be the nominee in the first place, so I got to get that out. It's not like, um, you know, D, I've been really thinking about how I should be as uh, unbiased as I can in this, but I have a couple biases. One, I just still have not gotten used to Joe Biden being the nominee for the Democratic Party. And I keep thinking of all the other candidates on the stage last summer that I think would be better candidates at this moment than Joe Biden. But two, you know, what can I say? I'm a minority within my own party. I'm a lifelong uh, Democratic voter. <laughs> Usually I'm on the losing side. And once again, I'm on the losing side. And I'm sitting here and I'm really trying to stifle the impulse to tell the other, what, 65 to 70% of Democratic voters, oh, heck of a job, Democrat. Our host, the loser. <laughs> the loser. Always. No, that's not true, D. I voted for uh, Lori Lightfoot and she was victorious. Now all I do is complain. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, if they if they find uh, that complaint, if that complaint somehow or other surfaces, we'll get into this. I do believe that Joe. I don't know how he can continue his campaign. Uh, be a lot of public relations spin. Uh, that's uh, for uh, sure. Anyway, uh, and uh, what else? What else? Uh, I'm going to. Uh, I realize that despite the fact that I don't believe Joe Biden is the best candidate for the Democrats uh, to run. 
I realize that I will vote for him if he is the candidate. I know that. It's all my moaning and groaning and complaining, uh, I will vote for him. I'm going to urge all of you to vote for him uh, because he's better than Trump. Let's just put it that way. And by the way, I would love uh, the same attention that's being brought to Tara Reid's complaint. I would love some attention being brought to E. Jean Carroll's complaint. She is the writer who has accused Trump of rape. I don't believe she's gotten her uh, day in court. I don't believe that Trump has ever asked answer the questions the way Joe Biden has answered the questions. And this is because a double standard exists. Uh, sexual assault is only an issue on the Democratic side of the table. Republicans don't uh, deal with it as an issue. Obviously, they don't care about accusations of sexual assault against their politicians. We saw that. Uh, we saw Roy Moore who uh, was prowling the malls looking for teenage girls back in the 70s. Uh, all the Republicans rallied around him for senator uh, when he was running for senator in Alabama. And we see it with Donald Trump every day. There's not one MAGA hatter in the world who cares that Donald John Trump has an accusation of rape against him. So it's only an issue on the Democratic side of the table. Let's be honest, folks. It's a very bizarre situation we have in this country where sexual assault is only taken seriously by uh, Democrats and is only a, a matter of concern to Republicans when they can use it as a weapon to beat up on uh, Democrats. Uh, going back to my efforts to try to get Democrats to vote for Biden, I realize in many cases it will be futile. I know my, uh, I know lefties, they're not voting. Hey, check out our Benny J. Bonus interview with Samina Mustafa this weekend. Yeah, yeah that'll be interesting. I'm going to ask Samina if she intends to uh, vote for Joe Biden. Uh, I got a feeling she's not quite there yet, but we'll <laughs> see. Uh, we'll see what. And Micah. Check out our bonus interview with Micah Utrecht. Right. Micah, this weekend. Who just wrote a book about Bernie Sanders, and that's what we'll be talking about. Bigger than Bernie. Uh, and we'll see if Micah's uh, feeling the Biden. I uh, got a feeling, eh, not quite yet. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I realize that it's futile. Uh, it's futile for uh, Joe Biden to pick up uh, the hardcore lefties and uh, the real hardcore Bernie supporters. A lot of those Bernie supporters thought Bernie was a little washy. In fact, someone was just telling, who was it that was kind of ripping Bernie today? There was some- That was me. Oh yeah, that's who it was. Yeah. There were, poor Bernie, like, man. As much as I like the guy, dude, you just kind of laid down and eh, they'll go ahead and beat me. Well, he lost. Well, I mean, we got a pandemic going on. A lot of his policies are awesome. It'd be great if he just kept fighting, you know what I mean? Oh, I'm done, uncle. Uncle. Uh, you know, I tell you what, man. There's a little part of me that's a little upset about that, about Bernie. But Bernie's, by the way, well, do, do you follow his Instagram feed? Oh, always, no. Okay, well, he's still sending out uh, messages. He's still fighting Trump. He's still standing up. You're just he's, not paying He's attention. out there doing those live stream chats. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, if he if he were the nominee, like, oh, cool. We, he would be up on the don't, Times. Don't hate on Bernie. Bernie. Like, Where's Biden? Is he going to do one of those live streams from his basement? No. Uh, I, I think Bernie would have been a far superior candidate to Joe Biden. But we, you know, we were in the losing side, D, so I have to move on from that. But I do know this. Uh, there's no way that hardcore Bernie supporters are going to vote for Joe Biden. No way. So Joe Biden, don't even, I wouldn't even worry about him. As I've said all along, go after the black voters. Try to register more black voters. Uh, nominate a, a black woman as, or select a black woman as your running mate. That would be key. Uh, if you do all that, you will win. Uh, and uh, if you don't do that, oh, God, I don't even want to think oh, about that. God. If he doesn't do that, uh, I don't even want to think about that. But I will say this. If that complaint surfaces, 
Hey, Bernie, come back to the ticket, because it's not over. we got a great show today. Ramana Hussein will be here at 2 o'clock. We're going to see what she has to say. Yes, one of the people that I sent the tape to to make her listen to, to do that homework, was Ramana Hussein, so we'll, have to, we'll see what she has to say. She also has some interesting thoughts about the Illinois protesters uh, who are uh, protesting right now at the Thompson Center, Open Illinois, and oh my goodness, what do you hear on the Michigan protesters? Operation Gridlock. So a lot of political talk ahead, but before we do that, the young man from Alton, the man they call Dr. Doobie, with the news. Hey guys, how's it going? Happy Friday. Uh, before we get into the news, let's check out the live stream chat. Uh, shout out to Brianna. As always, Brianna, you are awesome. Thank you for uh, always listening to our program. Tell your friends. She says uh, about the Willie Wilson uh, comments you made earlier, let's be real. Willie Wilson tried to sell those masks first. <laughs> then he gave them away. Thank you, Brianna. Thank you. <laughs> Actually, you got to give Dennis credit for that one, Brianna. Uh, he was the one we were doing the news. And uh, I was focusing on who do I believe in the story, uh, Willie Wilson or Lori Lightfoot. And Dennis goes, why don't you just give them away? And I go, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, that, what, what are you going to hold masks hostage during a yeah, pandemic? I uh, <laughs> I, the issue, remember the, the squabble was over uh, whether he uh, he insisted that to be cash up front. Lori like, yeah. I don't have the cash. He goes, and he goes, I didn't insist on cash, implying that he insisted on some <laughs> kind of what check or something. Hey, dude, how about you just give them to us and uh, we owe you one. How about that? Uh, pandemic. You know, I don't know. Yeah. And he eventually did the right thing. All right, he Way did go, the right Willie. thing. Way to go, right. Willie. Yeah. Way to go. You're That's the man. That's the important part of the story. He did the right thing. And remember, you sign the back of your paychecks, he signs the front. Well, I'll never forget when he told me that. <laughs> The famous Willie Wilson quote. Yeah. Okay, so uh, live stream chat, feel free to weigh in. Uh, people were talking about that wonderful performance you gave today on our song of the day. I, I you know, I'm, I'm blushing. <laughs> I'm blushing right now, okay? That was the Stones, man, Painted Black. Ooh, that. I go through like a heavy Stones phase every now and then. Like last night I was listening to Beggar's Banquet. I don't know if there's anybody out there in listener land old enough to remember Beggar's Banquet. Great album from like 1968, man. Some great Stones. Uh, there's that song Jigsaw Puzzle. You know that song, D? No. That's when Mick Jagger is like doing his Bob Dylan imitation. Oh, let's hear let's hear <laughs> Ben Jarofsky doing Mick Jagger doing Bob Dylan. How I'm about that? I'm just trying let's to get... do that jigsaw puzzle for rains anymore. <laughs> this is my coworker, guys. Okay. Uh, and Brent. Uh, Brent always weighs in on the live stream chat, and I love it. He'll always just have this one sentence, and it really just one sentence, very simple, goes really far. Still not voting for Biden. Yeah, <laughs> is that Brent? Did you say Brent? Brent. 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 Exhibit A. Biden. You're not going to get Brent's vote. Don't even try to get it. Now I don't know if Biden just said woke up. We woke up yet to like Monday, and Biden. We hear Biden uh, on the TV going, "You know what? Bernie was right about absolutely everything. I was wrong about absolutely everything. I'm for legalizing reefer. I'm for free uh, college at public institutions. I'm for Medicare for all." I don't know, man. Maybe Brent would be convinced, but that ain't going to happen. <laughs> Brent, so. Brent, you're awesome, dude. Please uh, keep listening. And uh, Cody, welcome to the live stream chat. I may, I think you may have weighed in one or two times. I don't know. But if, if you're new, welcome. Glad to have you. And we're also trying to organize a Benny J bike ride on the uh, live stream chat. I mean, once all this pandemic stuff's yeah. over, you know what I mean? That'd be cool, right? Yeah. Yeah, Benny J. But I haven't taken my bike out this um, a whole year. It's that... 
I don't know, Dean, I'm a little afraid. Like, why, well, I don't know why I'm afraid of riding my bike in the, with the virus. It doesn't make any sense. But I do a lot of walks, late night walks. You get know, out me, there and ride that bike. Jump on the horse, buddy. Hey, when we get back to the studio, remember the old days? Oh, my goodness. I'm just, the good old days when we were at my beloved Chicago Sun Times studio. Ah, I miss that water fountain. I miss that water fountain. Just down the hall from the bathroom. Anyway, <laughs> I would ride my bike during nice days, and there was that moment I would. The United Center is not far from the Sun-Times building. I would sit under a tree at the United Center, and I would call D. And that's where we did our pre-show planning. I was sitting under the tree, and I go... And as Ben would say, quote, smoking a joint. <laughs> he wasn't smoking it. He'd always say that. Though. Oh, I'm smoking a joint. Sitting... Oh, in the old days, I would have. It's a perfect place to smoke a joint, under that tree. Nice shady tree, and I had to go, D, man, this is the highlight of my day. I don't... <laughs> Got to get on that bike and go to the studio now. All right, everybody. We have some audio from Joe Biden's interview on Morning oh, Joe. Yeah. We're going to play that in moments, all yes. right? But Cannot wait to take that apart. But before the Biden bender rages on, <laughs> let's talk about what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. People, we begin in Chicago. It's day one of month two of the Illinois stay-at-home order, now with fishing. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and golfing. Wait for it. Yeah. I love the fishing pole. I'm, you going to take me up on my offer? Let's go fishing, Ben. Nope, never, ever, okay. ever. There's a greater likelihood that I would take up uh, surfboarding than uh, fishing. Oh, wait. I got a bluegill. Come here. Get me this thing. Got it. Dinner Blue tonight. Where, where are blue, bluegills in Alton? You know, I don't think so. We're by the Mississippi River. A yeah. lot of catfish where we're at. Okay. Not, not too many bluegills. Catfish. Please. Jump in. Please da, stop. Da, 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 da. All right. Oh, and also masks. Lots of masks on uh, round two here, month two of the stay-at-home order. Ben, how are we feeling about this? One month down and as of right now, one month to go. You feeling good? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good, Touchwood. Uh, I was just talking to my wife about this. Uh, man, we got about, I figure we'll be back in the studio in a month, D. I got a feeling we'll be back in the studio. And will we be doing the, will we be having guests come in? Yes. And will they be wearing masks? Yes. I'm thinking, I'm well, it's really, up to them, really, right? Yeah. We're going to force them, get in here. That's a valid point. It's up to them. We will invite them to come in. But I'm really looking forward to that day when we can come back to our book. I know you love it here, but I can't wait to get back to our book. Well, it seems like you're in good spirits. And I'm glad you're in good spirits because, well, I have some. Bad news for you and uh, your fellow boomers What's that? Uh, listening live or downloading at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcast, please subscribe. I think Gen Xers and uh, elder millennials could be a little bummed by this as well. Our summers may be ruined because due to this damn dirty coronavirus, Ravinia Festival <laughs> has announced that they will be closed for the season. Uh, remember when we were interviewing? I was interviewing Mick Fanzler. We were making Ravinia jokes about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ravinia's closed. Yeah, for our uh, out of Chicago millennial and/or Generation Z listeners, Ravinia Festival is a beautiful outdoor concert venue in uh, venue in the Winnetka Highland Park area. Uh, it's a venue where anyone, typically 40 or over, can go see their favorite acts from yesteryear. A good sign of knowing when you are officially old. By the way. Ben Jarofsky loves Ravinia. You know, let me tell you about the phases of life. There's infancy. There's youth. There's someone drilling outside. And then there's, hey, let's go to Ravinia. <laughs> uh, yes, it's for people of the advanced age persuasion. Uh, I, I'm not as big a fan of Ravinia as uh, uh, Dennis has me believe. I've had some great moments there, though, D. I saw... 
Santana there. Like, I'm going to name all these old groups that I've seen there that none of our younger listeners. Millennials. Yeah. I tell you, please hang tight. We're going to get to that Joe Biden interview. Uh, so uh, here's the old groups I've seen. Santana, Gladys Knight and the Pips. I love Gladys Knight. Do you like Gladys Knight, Do you even know who she is? No. All right. That says it all. Diana Ross. I love, oh, my God. And a Willie Wilson reference. I went to see Smokey Robinson at Ravinia, and I turned around. And who was sitting right behind me? Willie Wilson. That's correct. <laughs> So, yeah, it's old groups, old people. Yeah, that's who likes Ravinia D. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> old people are weeping everywhere. No, Ravinia! Shout out to Johnny Joe. He saw Wayne Newton at Ravinia. What? No, Wayne Newton was at Ravinia? That's what it looks like. I could do a Wayne. Want me to do my Wayne Newton song? Uh, no, we've had like four songs. From Daddy, you know don't you walk so fast. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite's the instruments at the end sometimes it's drums sometimes guitar sometimes bass uh, oh i'm pretty good at bass it's never the keyboard at the end that's actually not true <laughs> all right we have uh quotes from a fellow that you've interviewed before ben or maybe i don't know i think he gave you the runaround wells Kaufman oh my from god Ravinia. <laughs> in the old days uh before i got fired yeah yeah wells Kaufman. yeah uh ravinia by the way shout out to ravinia uh i've gotten gifts from ravinia before i think they gave me uh like a like a drinking set like where you can go out and picnic and drink wine or no, something. no they didn't give it to you they yeah. gave it to the station that you worked and then they no I, I've I interviewed Wells Kaufman myself before before you were there. Get out! Of I here. interviewed him myself. Yeah, and uh, we edited it for the station WCPT eight twenty. I fired you. Correct. Yeah. He's like, before they fired you, they hired me, yeah. and I did that. And they gave me a, a I, nice little you know set. I drinking correct it. I just remember you uh, mooching whenever they would bring hey. you, give you the freebies. Hey. Like, so, uh, can 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 I? Open? Let out some of the secrets from the old days. Go Dave. for it. Go right. for it. So in the old days, I don't know. That station had some kind of deal in Ravinia. I have no idea what that. Somebody, somebody cut a deal. All right. And so uh, they would, <laughs> they would always bring these goodies. Uh, and uh, man, freebies. The people at WCBT. Literally like elbows flying. Yeah, like, radio <laughs> pays like crap. Free stuff. Free stuff. Whoa. <laughs> uh, Yoda, all oh, that's mine over there. Yoda, Yoda. <laughs> anyway, freebie st time at the old radio station. Yeah, and then the old boy. Yeah, you got to interview him. I think I interviewed him once. Then there was this. Then they. This is one of these people. They tell you. Wow, your interview was so good. We really liked interviewing. So the second time around, we got you set up because he really likes you a lot. Okay, he's gonna come into the studio. And what happened? Remember, D? So all of a sudden, we got a call. And, he had a flight. Yeah, I got a flight. I got somebody. So Billy Bob, his sidekick, that's the guy. I... <laughs> Billy Bob Kaufman. I got the second. Uh, I got the second draft choice. All right. The second team on the Ben Jarofsky. Well, and then, can I just make a complaint? Something just popped into my mind. Sure. They love Scott Duff. All right? That's always like a... Uh, by the way, I Host love of WCBT 820's Out Chicago, Scott Duff. Yeah. So one time, uh, Scotty got these tickets to see Jill Scott. I didn't get free tickets. My wife and I had to pay for our own tickets. And we see Scott on the train going up there. He goes, here are my free tickets. <laughs> so really you got the face. runaround. Uh, no free tickets. Yeah. Uh, I'm starting to... Uh, Assume that they didn't like you that much. I'm going to say this about Ravinia. I've been thinking about it. You can kiss my beep. Uh, 
All right, there went that you know interview with sponsor <laughs> with Billy Bob, the sidekick. Virginia, yeah. Well, you know, I guess they're not around this season, so they wouldn't have been a sponsor anyway. Let's you just notice, scorch way, that bridge. You, you notice that we never get any phone calls from Virginia since I got fired. You know, no. you know, uh, been a little controversial there. <laughs> I uh, liked when that Dennis guy interviewed me, but you're a rabble rouser. <laughs> oh, Bernie. Uh, <laughs> All right, here's the quote from the guy we've just been kind of trashing here for the last five minutes. He said, "Quote: There's just no." way that we can make this happen we've been racking our brains trying to figure out how to make the social distancing work and ensure the safety of everyone who comes here the kids the families the artists staff and our neighbors there was just no way to do it and many artists have already canceled their 2020 tour uh tours ben get this the season shutdown is the first one for ravinia since the great depression forced the now 116 year old festival to close its doors from 1932 to 1935. Ben, what was Ravinia like in 1932? I was just going to say, I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, Gladys Knight and the Pips were playing there in 1933. No, even that is beyond uh, before my time. By the way, the, the thing I'll really miss is Geezer Day. I've talked about this before, a Taste of Chicago. That was my favorite summer thing where uh, they bring back the old acts at Taste of Chicago and the. I guess there was, I, I, pres- I, I haven't seen any notice one way or the other, uh, but I, I assume Taste of Chicago has been canceled, so no geezer day at Taste of Chicago. And you know I always love those, right? The old-time the old, oh, yeah. the old time groups come back. What's an old feller like Ben Jarofsky <laughs> to do this summer? Geezer day at Taste of Chicago. <laughs> they would, let's see, George Clinton, uh, the OJs, you know, old, old groups. Geezer Day at Taste of Chicago. Let's talk some city news here. There's a rally going down today. It's at the Thompson Center, but Ben, don't grab your poster board and Sharpie just yet. It's a reopen <laughs> Illinois rally. Yes, another Operation Gridlock-style protest where people are demanding that Illinois open back up and get rid of this stupid stay-at-home order. About 40 people had gathered in the Thompson uh, Center Plaza. Wait, when he said stupid stay in order he had that in quotes oh who cares dr d does not think the stay at home order is stupid he's saying that the protesters think that the stay of uh at home order is stupid go ahead about 40 people had gathered in the thompson center plaza in the loop by 10 a.m so uh it was a mini gridlock baby gridlock baby gridlock more have gathered since uh by the way a little tip for the downstate protesters uh if you've never been to the city and uh you're a little overwhelmed by where to eat don't worry there's an arby's right around the corner of the thompson (laughs) center that's right we passed that in the old days when we would be taking the train home I always go, D, you want to go stop in for a moment? I'll wait for you. I mean, I and I don't just say flat out no. I go, eh, nah, I'll pass. Yeah. I think about it every time. <laughs> Damn, I love Arby's. Downstanders, we love Arby's. I don't know what it is. Take a tote. There's the brown line. One of the organizers... <laughs> What? Take a tote. That was good. Just out of nowhere. Take a tote. One of the organizers, a fellow by the name of Brandon Harris. Does he love Arby's? I don't know. But uh, Brandon Harris, he's a Freedom Movement USA, who, by the way, uh, said he is expecting 5,000 people to show up today. Yeah. Uh, 40 at 10 a.m. <laughs> 5,000, so I don't know, maybe 250. He's not really good at math, okay? We'll give some updates and see how this is going This is how he counts, 40, 41, 42, 5,000, there you go. (laughs) It's like me when I do (laughs) push-ups. By the way, one day, I'm telling you, last week I'm I'm interviewing someone, I turn around, I hear this noise, there's Dennis doing push-ups. Oh, yeah, during the bonus interviews, yeah, Yeah. get a little little stir-crazy, start doing push-ups in the corner. 
Hey, we got a new uh, live stream listener, John. What's up, dude? Uh, okay, so uh, one of the organizers, Brandon Harris of Freedom Movement USA, uh, who is expecting 5,000 people to show up and joining him uh, in calling on state and local leaders to ease restrictions that would allow more residents to go back to work. Uh, Harris and others were quick to point out that since the stay-at-home order was put into place, Mayor Lori Lightfoot received a haircut yeah. despite salons and barbershops across the states were ordered to be closed. Okay, so they have at least one valid point there, all right? <laughs> haircut gate. Yeah. To Harris, the haircut illustrates a double standard, saying, quote, well, now they're breaking their own policies and procedures. Yeah. What's his name? Harris? Brandon Harris. Yeah. Uh, it, hey, Harris. Why don't you go help out a Roseland Community Hospital? You know, do something. Help out. Put that energy to good use. And if you don't believe it's real, just go down to Roseland Community Hospital. See for yourself how real this pandemic is. And yes, I'm with you 100%. Lori Lightfoot shouldn't have gotten that haircut. And Dee, I've been looking at her. I know she put up a big fuss. She wouldn't admit that she did the wrong thing. You know, we teased her about that. But I don't think she's got a haircut since. You know what I mean? I think she learned her lesson about that. So, uh, you know, all these... Um, Freedom lovers, by the way, anytime you guys want to uh, extend your call for freedom and liberty uh, to Donald John Trump, feel free. Uh, you know, I just got finished saying Seventh uh, Court of Appeals here in uh, Chicago just ruled against him on his unilateral executive order policy on immigration. You know, so anytime you want, hey, anytime you want to demand uh, freedom and liberty, uh, why don't you and, and take a stand against uh, executives who overreach their authority, why don't you do a protest for, for Donald John Trump to uh, what? Uh, comply with a congressional subpoena. You know, don't you believe in the division, uh, the checks and balances? Just saying. Why, is he, why do you only call for liberty when it's a Democratic governor uh, trying to protect the public from a pandemic? Just saying. Oh, Ben handed me a note. Hold on. Let me see what this says here. Let's end the show early and get down to that rally. <laughs> MAGA, MAGA. Whoa. That's different. <laughs> yeah. I want to Got my MAGA hat on, D. Wearing red bulls today. All right? It's a bulls hat, guys. I know we don't have the video, but it's a uh, I got a my Willie hat. Wilson t-shirt and my red bulls hat on. I'm feeling very MAGA today. <laughs> <laughs> all right. From protests to surveys. Yes, you get it all here on the Ben Jarofsky Show. The following comes from... Some of the meanest Illinois political bulldogs I've ever met in my life so far. Illinois Politico and one Shia Campos. A survey of nearly 23,000 Americans across the country shows every governor in the United States is doing a better job of handling the pandemic than President Donald Trump. Wow, wait, how about a survey? Who did the survey? Uh, this comes from Illinois Politico. Yeah, I know, but who did the survey? State of the nation, 50 state COVID-19 survey was conducted online by professors from Northeastern University, Harvard, and Rutgers on April 17th through the 26th by Pure Spectrum. Governor J.B. Pritzker has a 69% approval rating. Oh, get your head out of the gutter, listeners. 69% approval rating compared to Trump's 39% approval rating in <laughs> Illinois, according to the survey. Pritzker ranks high along with New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, 74%, and California Governor Gavin Newsom at 71%, who, like Pritzker and Democrats, uh, who, uh, yeah, who, like Pritzker, are Democrats. That's what I meant to say. Republican Governor Mike DeWine is the highest ranked with 80% approval. Uh, I, I have not heard of Are there any protests in Ohio? I've not heard about it. Yeah, uh, there's been protests. There have been in protests, Ohio. people yeah. protesting 
MAGA hat wearers are protesting Mike DeWine? I mean, people are protesting. I'm well, not sure what their hats are. Uh, so in other words, we don't know if it's the same group. It's just interesting. A lot of this protests have been focused on uh, Democratic governors like Tony Evers in Wisconsin and uh, Gretchen Whitmer in uh, Michigan. Of course, now J.B. Pritzker in Illinois. Just curious, Mike DeWine, huh? Uh, yeah, so... Um, Donald Trump has done a, a horrific job. You know, there was a column in the New York Times today. David Brooks wrote it. And uh, you can say that David Brooks and I very rarely see eye to eye. eye, to eye but he uh, raised an interesting point. Uh, he, he was saying that uh, people like me, lefties, and people uh, like uh, the MAGA hat wearers, <laughs> He just kind of just lumped us together, D. The mag, you know what I'm saying? Like the lefties, like me, discontent mm -hmm. Bernie supporters who were just always grumbling about Joe Biden. Uh, and uh, who who is the the listener that said he was gonna he was not gonna vote for Biden? Oh, Brent. Brent. So people like me and Brent uh, and you uh, are in one group, and then the MAGA hat wearers who are uh, at uh, the Thompson Center in another group. Uh, we represent approximately, I don't know, 10% of the country. The rest of the country, maybe 15%, the rest of the country is united uh, in supporting what? The, the way we're addressing the pandemic. So it's as though they support the Pritzkers and the DeWines uh, and the Tony Evers and the Andrew Cuomo's and the Gavin Newsom's who are doing the right thing. I, now, I think it's a little unfair uh, to put me in the category with the MAGA hat wearers just because I'm having a hard time jumping aboard the Joe Biden bandwagon, but that's what David Brooks has done. His main point is, is that there's a lot more unanimity in the country uh, than you would believe if you just listened to uh, the MAGA hat wearers in downtown Chicago or Michigan and uh, disgruntled lefties. All right, so uh, we'll keep you posted. Like I said here, I'm going to look and see uh, how many people are at that rally at this point uh, before we get out of here. But now let's get to Joe Biden's interview this morning. Yes, he was a guest on Morning Joe, the show that is cleverly titled after the host Joe Scarborough, a fella that I'm sure Joe Biden preferred to talk to today. But no, sir, he went one-on-one -on -one <laughs> with MSNBC's The Bruiser, Mika Brzezinski. It's just going to be you and me. Oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, they made that clear that uh, Morning Joe is going to... And Willie. They, they, Morning Joe and Willie, uh, we're, we're going to get to ask questions about other issues afterward. Right? Then they were, she was going to grill them like a, like a tuna on a grill, and then they were going to take a break and bring in uh, Willie and Morning Joe. Do you know who Willie is? No. Willie Wilson? <laughs> I, I'm not a... Uh, I have to confession time, folks. You don't have cable. Uh, don't, don't, I don't believe... Oh, my God, I shouldn't say this. I don't think I've ever seen Morning Joe. I had a friend here. Uh, I still have him. Ed uh, Pipes. Shout out to Ed Pipes. What one up, of my Ed dear Pipes? friends. Uh, and um, he he couldn't... Wait, is Morning Joe on cable? Yeah, it's I, on MSNBC. Oh, you're right. Duh. <laughs> uh, yeah, because he would be... He was at my house. And, oh, that's right. It is on cable because he was complaining. Ben, I can't watch Morning Joe. He was... I guess in my house. He used to watch Morning Joe and just rip him because he thought Morning Joe was too conservative, uh, that Morning Joe uh, was pro-John McCain. This is back in 2008. So. All right, let's get to the interview here. Would you please go on the record with the American people? Did you sexually assault Tara Reid? No, it is not true. I'm saying unequivocally, it never, never happened. And it didn't. It never happened. 
Do you remember her? Do you remember any any types of complaints that she might have made? I don't remember any type of complaint she <clears throat> may have made. It was 27 years ago. And uh, I don't remember, nor does anyone else that I'm aware of. And uh, the fact is that I don't remember. I, I, I don't remember any complaint ever having been made. Have you or your campaign, have you reached out to her? No, I have not reached out to her. It was 27 years ago. There, this never happened. And uh, when she first made the claim, we made it clear that it never happened. And uh, that's as simple as that. All right. Uh, just a little point here. Uh, I, it never happened, and I don't remember any type of complaint. And that it's that complaint. That is the key to this whole thing. Uh, she, uh, Tara Reid claims that she filed a complaint with the Senate uh, about Joe Biden's behavior back in 1993. And uh, Joe Biden is now claiming he has no memory of ever having seen the complaint. If that complaint surfaces, uh, Joe Biden's in a lot of trouble, D. Uh, and uh, so they get into this a little further. So that's going to be the pivot. That's the key issue here. Uh, if this, uh, if this um, accusation by Tara Reid is going to have legs uh, and uh, really force the Democrats to reconsider Joe Biden's position at, on the ticket, that is the issue, that complaint. Uh, so uh, he says, I don't remember. You made a good point about that. Remember, D, you're going, it didn't happen and I don't remember. Uh, two s different things. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm trying to convince, you know. You remember everything, right? All right, let's get to the rest of the interview. In the past 30 minutes or so, you released a statement on Medium, and among other things, you, you, you write this. There's only one place a complaint of this kind could be, the National Archives. I am requesting that the Secretary of State ask of uh, the Senate ask the archives to identify any record of the complaint she alleges she filed. If there was any such complaint, the record will be there. Are you preparing us for a complaint that might be revealed in some way? Are you confident there is nothing? I'm confident there's nothing. No one ever brought it to the attention of me 27 years ago. This is any assertion at all. No one that I'm aware of in my campaign, at, excuse my, my Senate office at the time, is aware of any such uh, request and, uh, uh, or any such complaint. Uh, and, uh, and so I, 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 I'm not worried about it at all. If there is a complaint, that's where it would be. That's where it would be filed. Wow, could you all the National Archives has copies of all the complaints that are filed against senators. That's a lot of complaints, you know? I mean, so uh, yeah, some digging is going to be happening at the National Archives to see if that complaint exists because like I said, that's the pivotal point here. Uh, part of me believes that he must have done some kind of search on his own before D he did this interview. Uh, you know, that's why he's so confident and uh, you know, Mika kind of sets him up with that. You know, she's saying, are you confident that there is no complaint there? Are you preparing us for the likelihood that there might be a complaint? Uh, so I don't, I don't know if he had aides uh, going through the archives, making sure that there's no complaint there. But uh, that's the pivotal point. The New York Times has investigated this exhaustively. They didn't find uh, any of your former staff members were able to corroborate the details of this allegation. She did file a police report uh, a few weeks ago with the D.C. police. Um, but since you want to set the record straight, um, why limit this only to Tara Reid? Why not release any complaints that it may, had been made against you during your Senate career? 
I'm prepared to do that. There, the best of my knowledge, there's been no complaints made against me in terms of my Senate career, in terms of my office, and anything that's been run. Look, this is an open book. There's nothing for me to hide. Nothing at all. You know, this is something I have to ask you, D. I don't know if you would know the answer to this. Probably not. All right. <laughs> but you're the only one I got here to ask. I should bring on a lawyer who, who can help me with this. If somebody files a complaint uh, against a senator, does like the HR department of the Senate share that complaint with the senator? Why would I do uh, that? Is there an investigation? Uh, I mean, if a complaint's filed, you would presume that there's some kind of investigation that follows up on it. And uh, if he says that he... There, the, he has no memory of of an of a complaint. Uh, that's what I say. If he has no, he's saying right now, I have no memory of a complaint being filed, uh, and they show that there was not only a complaint filed, but that there were like follow up questions asked of him. He's in a lot of trouble. That's what I'm saying. I I gotta believe they've done some kind of search just to make sure there's no complaint in that file. You were unequivocal, uh, Mr. Vice President, back in 2018 during the Kavanaugh controversy and hearings. And um, you said that women should be believed. You said this, for a woman to come forward in the glaring lights of focus nationally, you've got to start off with the presumption that at least the essence of what she is talking about is real. Whether or not she forgets the facts, whether or not it's been made worse or better over time. She's going to be going on national television on Sunday. Tara Reid is coming forward in the glaring lights. To use your words, should we not start off with the presumption that the essence of what she's talking about is real? She says you sexually assaulted her. Look, from the very beginning, I've said believing women means taking the woman's claim seriously when she steps forward and, and then vet it, look into it. This, this, that, that's true in this case as well. Women have a right to be heard, and the, and the press should rigorously investigate claims they make. I'll always uphold that principle. But in the end, in every case, the truth is what matters. And in this case, the truth is the claims are false. Is it possible these claims are held in an NDA? Do you have any NDAs that have been signed by women who were employed by you? I have, there is no NDA sign, and no, no one's ever signed. I've never asked anybody to sign an NDA. There are no NDAs, period. None. No NDA. That's another one. That was good, Amika, you know. Are there any NDAs? If it comes out, there's an NDA. Oops. Non-disclosure agreement. Yeah, they're going to come back to uh, this essence issue. Do you have, you're going to play more, D? Yeah, they're coming back to the essence, uh, at least the essence of what uh, she says is real. Well, they're going to come back to it. Your Senate documents at, at the University of Delaware were supposed to go public, and then they were resealed. The access was changed. I know that you're saying any HR complaints could be in the National Archives, but why not reveal your Senate documents that are uh, being held in Delaware? I know there's 1,800-plus boxes. Um, but if, if, if she believes and she alleges that the complaints may be hidden there, why not strive for complete transparency? Why was the access to those documents sealed up when they were supposed to be revealed? 
Well, they weren't supposed to be revealed. I gave them the university. The university said it's going to take them time to go through all the boxes. They said it wouldn't be, and that wouldn't be before 2020 that that occurred, or 2021. I can't remember the year they said. But look, a record like this can only be one place. It would be at the. It would not be at the University of Delaware. My archives do not contain personal files. My archives contain document. And I said, when I say personal, personnel files. They don't contain any personnel files. They are public records. My speeches, my papers, my position papers. And mm -hmm. if that document existed, it would be stored in the National Archives, where documents from the office she claims to have filed her complaint with are stored. That's where those, they are stored. The Senate controls those archives. So I'm asking the Secretary of the Senate today to identify whether any such document exists. If it does, make it public. Yeah, and uh, are you going to play more about the, the uh, his archives of Delaware? Because I get into this one. Uh, yeah, get into that. I, don't, I didn't okay. grab that part. Uh, this is an interesting point here, uh, and Mika really grills him on this one. She came back to it at least twice, I want to say, about the issue of his archives, uh, that uh, his Senate records, his speeches, I have no idea. I don't know what else is uh, in their letters, memos, uh, typical hall, treasure trove, of information dealing with his life as a senator, which is now with the University of Delaware. And traditionally what happens with the archives is um, the archives are turned over, excuse me, the, the, the records are turned over uh, to a university and the archivists sort them, put them in some kind of order and arrangement, and then open up uh, the, uh, the collection to be scrutinized by researchers. And there's some great researchers and writers out there. I'm thinking of Robert Caro, the, uh, the, the great writer uh, who did, has done like three volume biography of uh, LBJ, Linda Baines Johnson, former president, going down to the Johnson archives in Texas, spending days, weeks, months, pouring through all the records. I've written, uh, he's written books just about how exhausting that process is of going through all those records. And every now and then, a researcher will stumble upon what some a document, a telegram, uh, a journal extract that is really valuable and important, gives us new insight on what was going on behind the scenes in the, the lives of a great historical figure like LBJ. Uh, so there is some legitimacy to what he's saying that these records are these records are not released to the public until they have been uh, put in some kind of order, and then once they are in order, they're released to the public. And it's very unlikely that uh, a personnel complaint would be in those records. But you know what? Fifty years from now, I will not. After I have long passed from this earth, some researcher going through the Delaware collection, University of Delaware collection of Joe Biden, may stumble, who knows? Who knows what they're going to find in there? Um, but I, I, I don't think she was really hammering him hard on this on the fact that uh, it, they're not public at the moment. I, I don't think that in and of itself uh, is that critical that they're not public at the moment. Eventually, they will be public. Uh, but if she suggested... Later on in the interview, we're not going to play it. I'll just say it. She suggested in the interview that uh, what he do is do a search of those records to see if there's anything related to Tara Reid, and that he set up a committee or commission to do that search, and he just avoided that issue 
Like he looked at her like she was. He looked puzzled, as if to say, "I, there, I would never do that in a million years." And uh, yeah, I think it's exceedingly unlikely that he would ever do that. And I don't think anybody would be satisfied if he did. If he set up a committee of of his age or or people that are uh, sympathetic to him. Uh, to go through those records. Nobody would believe them if they said they did not find a Tara Reid document. Uh, he's not going to let, like someone I said to uh, Dennis, like Mick Dumkey, an investigative reporter, Danny Mahopoulos, an investigative reporter, get at those documents. Uh, those are, he is not going to open that up. Uh, so I just feel as though, and it's, yeah, I, I, I feel it's a little much to ask him to open up those documents. Uh, like I just not believe there's a smoking gun in there. Now, the National Archives, that could be a different uh, situation. Well, you know who else has the documents? Alex Jones. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the documents. <laughs> no, see, that's what... Ladies and gentlemen, it's official. We have the documents. I, I will tell you this. I know. That's a great point, Alex Jones. I will be getting emails now. I could just see them coming. I, I get so many emails uh, every day from the Republicans really trying to shake me down for money to donate money to uh, various Republican causes. I know I'll get emails talking about documents and hidden, you know, whether the Tara Reid secrets are there. So the Republicans will be playing this uh, theme. They'll be hammering our home at this, this baby uh, all the way through November. All right, we got two more clips here. Then we're going to go to Ramana Hussein. Let's do this. Right. But there are claims and concerns and um, reports in Business Insider. And she claims that possibly a complaint or some sort of record of this might be at the University of Delaware. So for complete transparency, uh, why not push for the release of any documents with Tara Reid's name on them, whether it's at the University of Delaware or the National Archives? First of all, let's get this straight. There, is, there are no personnel documents. You can't do that. You wouldn't, for example, if you worked with me or I worked for you and you had my, my income tax returns, you had my well, whatever. They're, they're private documents. They're not for the, they, don't, they don't get put out in the public. They're not part of the public record. That's the point I was saying. I just don't believe that the uh, personnel record, a complaint, an HR complaint would be in, that, in these uh, papers. All right, and our last clip here. Shout out to MSNBC for this audio. Please don't sue us. Given the fact <laughs> that you have said in the past that if a woman goes under the lights and talks about something like this, we have to consider that the essence of this is real. Is the essence of what she is saying is real? Why do you think she's doing this? I'm not going to question her motive. I'm not going to get into that at all. I don't know why she's saying this. I don't know why after 27 years, all of a sudden this gets raised. I don't understand it. But I'm not going to go in and question her motive. I'm not going to attack her. She has a right to say whatever she wants to say. But I have a right to say, look at the facts. Check it out. Find out whether any of the, what she says is asserted or true. And based on the investigations that have taken place so far, to the best of my knowledge, by two major papers, they interviewed dozens of my staff members, not just senior staff, but staff members, I'm told. At least that's what they said. And... Yes. Nobody. This was not the atmosphere in my office at all. No one has ever said anything like this. Uh, yeah, the essence of what she talks about is real. Where we be uh, 
reviewing that statement, what he was getting at, talk about it in terms of what was going on with the Kavanaugh case, a lot of parallels there, the essence. that uh, Mika kept coming back to that over and over again as if to say, hey, you, 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 when it came to Brett Kavanaugh, this is, this is the big re- Republican point. Democrats had a different behavior when it came to Brett Kavanaugh than they have to Joe Biden. And duh, that's absolutely the case. Because let's face it, everybody, when it comes to accusations of sexual assault, people's people's attitudes toward them vary according to who is the person, the target, who is being uh, accused of the assault. If this is a political weapon and has become a political weapon, Democrats will be wailing that we always must believe the woman in every single instance. They'll take that position when it comes to a Brett Kavanaugh. When it comes to a Joe Biden, they'll be more like, hey, come on, fair is fair. You got to go through, you know, everybody has their day in court. That's what's going to happen. When you take a a sexual assault allegation and you make it a, 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 you put it into the political discourse and you turn it into a political weapon. Uh, I believe Brett Kavanaugh should never have been a, approved never should have been nominated to the supreme court he's a republican operative he's a republican hack but uh the democrats clearly thought in 2018 when that went to, was it 2018 yeah god time is flying uh that the only way to torpedo him was to uh put the spotlight on the accusations of sexual assault from 1983 so ultimately d what i said at the outset is uh true i don't believe any votes have changed by virtue of this interview, uh, I, Joe Biden will remain on the ticket unless... And, and by the way, uh, Tara Reid's going to go on Fox this uh, Sunday night, I want to say, or Sunday morning. Uh, she's going to go on Fox. Uh, she'll get her uh, time on Fox. So maybe uh, uh, CNN will bring on E. Jean Carroll uh, to talk about her accusations against Donald Trump. But I don't believe uh, until any evidence uh, emerges regarding a sexual assault statement that Biden says it was never filed, I, I think no, no minds have changed. All right, the plot thickens here. Like Ben said, uh, Tara Reid's going to be on Fox this weekend. I'm sure we'll be playing the audio from her interview on Tuesday. So we're just going to park it right there for the time being. We're going to talk more about this, though. Uh, Joe Biden's interview and so much more with Ramana Hussein of the Chicago Sun-Times. She's the editor there. It's, we call it the Ramana Rundown. So guys, don't go anywhere. We got a brand new song to play, Ben. Let's play it. All right. It's from Michael Girardi. Uh, this song is titled Bail Out. Michael, we appreciate you so much, man, for reaching out and uh, making this music and uh, creating it. Michael does the guitar, the drums, all the instruments, all the vocals. This is all Michael here. Shout out to Michael. Thank you so much. Let's hear Bail Out. When, we, when this song's over, we're going to be talking to Ramon Hussein. <laughs> That's correct.
correct. Shout out to Michael Girardi once again. If you're a musician or if you know of a band or someone who makes music uh, and they're looking to get their music exposed, let the Ben Jarosky Show expose their music, all right? Show at gmail.com. B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J show, at gmail.com. Send us an email. Uh, attach an MP3. I'll download it, and we'll play the song. Uh, also, you can find us on social media, Benny J Show, uh, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J show, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And you can call us... Uh, uh, I don't have the number available right now because we're using my phone to talk with Romana. I'll give that number before we end the show. Thanks again, Michael Girardi, and welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show live from Ben's Attic. Yes, thank you, Michael Girardi. That's a great song, uh, Fat Cats and MAGA Hats. Uh, Michael Girardi, that's two great songs he's provided us. Well, he's and, got a third one, too. We haven't played it that much. we got to play that other one. So. And I, I say when we get back to the Sun-Times, when this pandemic uh, stay-at-home order has been lifted and we go back to my beloved Bright One, uh, we bring Michael Girardi, if he's willing, uh, to come into the studio so we can play his guitar and sing some songs because that's some good stuff, man. Fat Cats and MAGA Hats. Uh, Ramon Hussein is with me. And uh, Ramon, can you hear me okay? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, there we go. All right, Ramon Hussein, uh, Chicago Sun-Times editor. And I should point this out, columnist. And I'm a big believer in Ramon Hussein as a columnist. She's got a very, and people know this, she's been on our show for over a year. She's got a very powerful voice. She's not really afraid. She always goes, Ben, I'm not going to say this, that, or the other thing. And then she says it. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I urge my uh, the leaders of my beloved Bright One to uh, give Ramon Hussein a regular column. Uh, I'm going to get off my soapbox on that one. All right, Ramana, uh, you very dutifully uh, watched the Joe Biden interview, I presume, correct? I sent it to you. I did. As soon as you as as sent it to me, I, I watched it, and then I blow-dried my hair for 10 minutes, and I, wa- I watched the rest of it. So I did. Oh, okay. I did watch it. In between blow-drying your hair. All right, so your, <laughs> your, uh, your general thoughts about uh, Joe Biden's performance in this interview. I thought, um, you know, when he came to defend himself, he was pretty strong. Um, you know, he 
flatly denied that this happened. These um, sexual assault allegations by a former, she was a former staffer, Tara Reed, um, early 90s. He uh, seemed to waffle when they asked about the archives or, or the, or the, or the complaints where they may possibly be filed. And he seemed to kind of, kind of teeter-totter on that, I think. That's what I got. I mean, he, he brought up some good points that, you know, you know, there was, he was pressed on, you know, how he said that, you know, believe women when, you know, they had the Senate hearings on the um, Kavanaugh, the Kavanaugh hearings. He talked about that. And he said, you know, what I'm, I'm saying is that women's allegations should be taken seriously and that they should be vetted. And then he said he ultimately believes in the truth. I thought that was pretty strong. But then when he was pressed about where, if uh, Tara Reid did file a complaint, uh, you know, to human resources, where it would be, I kind of felt like he was kind of going around in circles. And he was asked if he would push for an investigation. And he said, who would be pushing this or who would be looking for that, you know? So I thought, I thought he kind of waffled there. But that's just my opinion, if I can express my opinion yes you can you're a columnist for the chicago <laughs> sun times so you're allowed to express your opinion yeah that it was a classic joe biden because sometimes when joe biden is answering a question and i remember this from the debates i'm never quite clear if he's waffling or if he's just sort of in generally lost his chain of his train of thought which there's a distinction yeah, there and, and you know he was very you know he was good about flatly denying it which i think is pretty easy i think one of the criticisms also would be like what took him so long to finally speak out about this because if anybody's been paying attention this these allegations have been out there for a while um i read about him first um on twitter and then business insider i believe had another story the new york times had a story a, a couple weeks ago where they said that you know they found no proof that you know nobody else corroborated the story i've seen a report on cnn um saying that a neighbor of tara reed said that tara reed did confide in her about what she said happened so i just felt like he was taking too long and in general i feel like him not being out there, if he's going to be the Democratic nominee for the 2020 elections, I think he's kind of been kind of been AWOL, in my opinion. I would take kind of out of that sentence. That's my opinion. <laughs> he has definitely been AWOL. Uh, before I go into your specific uh, concerns about Joe Biden, we talked a little bit about it yesterday. Let's discuss the concept of believe women. I've struggled yeah. with this one for a while, Romana. In your mind, when people say believe women, what exactly do they mean? I think they mean like when women bring up these allegations, don't blow it off. Um, that's how I see it. And I do believe, you know, I'm a woman. And a lot of these, you know, I think a lot of times men don't realize that a lot of these incidents do happen, sexual assaults is a lot more common than people think it is and a lot more women have been assaulted than reported and you know women have been sexually harassed i don't think there's one woman that i know hasn't had a sexist comment that there hasn't been sexually harassed hasn't been touched in some way so whenever men go oh that's what she's saying i i i'm not saying it's just men it can be women sometimes too it 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 it, it can happen and it sometimes it takes years for women to process this and then a lot of times um, women kind of laugh a lot of these things off, you know, because other people laugh about it. So, you know, incidents do happen. And I think when women say 
I think that's what it means when when people say believe women is that these allegations aren't aren't to be taken lightly. Now, does that mean that every single woman doesn't you know hasn't hasn't made like hasn't fabricated um, some sort of assault? That's not to say that that's necessarily true. Yes, and I think uh, that I think that's a distinction that's sort of being lost uh, in the Republican counterattack. Because what's happening, of course, is that uh, the Republicans are taking, are comparing the reaction of Democrats to uh, Brett Kavanaugh with the reaction to Joe Biden as to say, oh, see the double standard uh, of Democrats. Uh, they believed, automatically believed uh, the accuser of Brett Kavanaugh, but they don't automatically believe the accuser of Joe Biden. And I think they're like they're altering what exactly the the concept of believe women is all about. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm sure some um, Bernie Sanders supporters um, agree with that, saying that you know everybody's quiet when it comes to the allegations of Joe Biden. But I do think it's also important. I mean, I think it's important to take everything case by case, and you know when we heard about the allegations about against Brett Kavanaugh, we had these hearings and a lot of people would say that, um, what was the name of the victim? Like she was pretty credible just hearing her talk. Ford. And, and that's not to say, yeah, Ford. Yeah. Uh, and, but, you know, not to say that Tara Reid can't be taken seriously because I think, I do think that um, Joe Biden took a long time in addressing the allegations. And I think people do have, questions about it and I, I don't think it's going to go away so I, I think it was a little different in you know the Kavanaugh case is a little different this is a little different but I do think that I think they should be taken seriously equally I mean we there are some Democrats who spoke out about Kavanaugh they spoke out about Al Franken but they're kind of quiet about Joe Biden which is is, is pretty interesting I think and I think I think one of the things I don't want to, you know, there's definitely some Republicans who are going to bring, you know, compare certain things that might be apples and oranges to some people. There are questions I think that still need to be asked. I think if there are, if there is a complaint that is out there, I think people need to find it. Or I think uh, Joe Biden's camp needs to work hard on looking to see if there ever was a complaint filed. Well, the cynic in me believes that... <laughs> Part of the reason there's been this delay by the Biden camp, and this is just my conjecture, I have no sources in the Biden camp, but the delay was one, they were hoping the whole thing would blow over and they wouldn't have to address it. That didn't happen. Uh, and two, I wouldn't be surprised if they spent the last couple of days looking for a complaint, all right, before he- That's know, true, that's true. Looking around, I got any complaints anywhere? Make sure there's no complaint. Uh, that we can find and then so that he could categorically deny that it happened and say he has no memory of a, a complaint uh, ever been filed. I personally, I've said this already in the show earlier, reminded that if a complaint surfaces, I don't know how he can continue his campaign. I mean, he is just categorically deny that the matter happened, says nobody remembers ever seeing a complaint. I guess he could say, well, I didn't remember seeing the complaint you know, and yeah, and it was it was over twenty years ago. 
And, you know, when I'm not saying, you know, I, I do think this is a very, it, this situation, you know, you do want to hear both sides of the story, but when have we heard politicians say it didn't happen and then it did happen? You know, that happened with Bill Clinton, didn't it? Yes. Didn't he originally deny? Yes, he, he did. So he's like, I don't know that woman. And I'm not, you know, I'm not equating the two, but I'm not, it doesn't mean that politicians don't lie. And, and not to say, not, <laughs> Not to say that Joe Biden's lying, you know, but I just think I just think they took I think the Biden campaign just took too long. And, you know, the history that he has of, you know, getting too touchy feely with women. I just think that it needs to be addressed a little more. I know he talked about a little in the debate, but I think he needs to come come out. And, you know, we're reading a lot about articles, you know, this, if he does run against, you know, if he's the Democratic um nominee, which seems like it, he's going to be the Democratic Party nominee. I mean, I know anything can change and anything is possible in this day and age, but you're going to have a president, an incumbent president who's been accused of rape by more than 12 women. And then you have Joe Biden, who's had women say that they made him feel uncomfortable at the very least. So I've read a lot of articles that this is like a presidential campaign in the Me Too era. This is, this is definitely going to be interesting to see and fold out and you know and someone made a good point you know just because there's these sexual assault allegations that come out it doesn't mean that someone can't get nominated or can't get elected to be president oh absolutely so it'll be interesting donald trump is the president uh and there's yeah a, that's what i mean yeah so it's like some people it might not matter but i i think the the question is you know people should be held accountable and I understand that when politicians or, you know, anybody that's in the public eye, people can make allegations against you that are baseless. But, you know, I feel like this has been taken pretty seriously by um, by many reputable media organizations. And the questions are there. So I think the questions need to be answered. I think, I guess it was a good step that Joe Biden came out and finally spoke out. But some people would probably think that he was too late in doing that and uh, wonder why it took him so long to do that well, if, my, if, in, if in fact the allegations were false knowing democrats the way i know democrats and i know democrats very well i would say <laughs> that but having been one my whole life romana uh i would say that the overwhelming majority of democrats don't care i'm just going to put that out there no matter what they said with brett kavanaugh romana they don't care about these accusations about Joe Biden. They want to defeat Donald Trump. Trump out. They don't yeah. care. And Republicans can talk about double standards and hypocrisy all they want. Democrats don't care. Now, we'll get into the sliver of Democrats that I, I kind of occupy the terrain that are grumbling and mumbling about Biden. We'll get into that. But I don't know. I What are your thoughts? Do you agree with me? Rank and file Democrats I do, I, I, I don't do, care. I do think that I do think that's probably part of what Biden's camp is thinking because they're like everybody, all the people that support us just want Donald Trump out, so we don't have to talk about any of this because they don't want Donald Trump. And that's one of the things I think that a lot of people who are critical, Democrats who are critical of Biden, think that it's not just enough to say I'm just not Trump. So I think that's what they're thinking with these allegations. They're like, you know, a lot of people have 
been able to say that she's not telling the truth. The New York Times has this article. We just have to stay quiet and have a blowover. We're not Donald Trump. And that's all that needs to be said with that. And let's just focus on the, you know, the race. But I don't even know. I don't even know if the focus is out there right now. I feel like Joe Biden isn't out there as much as he should be. But as for someone that he who may be running against Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, uh, I, Ramana and I uh, have discussed E. Jean Carroll's accusations against Donald Trump. Ramana was a fan of E. Jean Carroll back in the day. She read her column. Well, I, I, I still subscribe to Elle magazine. I've been subscribing to Elle magazine since I was 18 years old. So um, E. Jean Carroll, Carroll hasn't been there the whole time, but she, she's been there for a long time. So anybody who reads that magazine knew who she was. So when the allegations came out, I'm like, oh. I know who exactly who this person is, and uh, she ended up uh, leaving Elle magazine after she spoke about spoke out about the uh, rape accusations again, the rape that she said happened with her that Donald Trump committed against yeah. her. So, and when I when I was listening to uh, Joe Biden getting grilled uh, by uh, Mika uh, uh, on, on the show this morning, I was thinking, how would Donald Trump have handled this? You know, Ramona, like, how would he, how would he have responded? Well, you know, you know what you know what he would say. He would say something like, "She's not my type. I only go out with models." And any woman that's under thirty, he would say something like that. You know, he's like, he would say something like, "At that time in my life, he, he would say because he said stuff like that." You know, some women who come out and said stuff about him, he's always like, "Well, I don't go out with women that look like look like that. I only go out with like you know a certain type of woman." So I think that's what he would have done. Yeah, and in, in that way belittle the whole notion, uh, the whole issue of uh, sexual assault. Again, as I always point out, uh, this is really a Democratic issue. Republicans, by and large, don't seem to show, they don't really care about the issue of a woman's role in society and uh, accusations of sexual harassment in the workplace. Uh it it's it's it seems to me that they just brush it off almost in every instance. But Democrat, this is a very democratic issue. It's a very important issue among Democrats, and that's a distinction that has been pretty clear to me for the last several years. Yeah, for sure. All right, now let's move it, on. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. Oh yeah, this, with this. Well, I got so, uh, and, and and isn't Tara Reid going to be speaking on Sunday? She will be on gonna, Fox. So yeah. Oh. Okay. She'll be so on we'll, Fox. We'll see what. We'll, of course, we'll see what she has to say. And I don't mean, of course, meaning like, oh, she's not credible. I mean, of course, Fox News would jump on the air. Well, let me just okay. And uh, in fairness uh, to Fox, words I thought I would never say. I just read an article before we went on the air about how uh, Tara Reid has reached out to the other networks, and none of them were interested in uh, having her come on. Fo she resisted going on Fox, according to this article I read, because she didn't want this to be turned in uh, to a partisan circus, and apparently CNN wouldn't have her on, so uh, she was going to Fox. Uh, I welcome e G uh, CNN to bring on E. Jean Carroll, you know, sort of equal time uh, in this matter of accusations of rape and sexual assault against our president. It's really kind of sickening, Ramana, that this is uh, this is the choice we have in many ways in, in our country right now. But uh, yeah, so she's going to go on Fox. It's not, I, I'm, she's negotiating with them over who will be the uh, interrogator, the questioner. 
I think she's holding out for somebody like Chris Wallace. That's the article I read. So, um, yeah, this isn't going anywhere. Uh, but I, I stand by the basic point I made, which is unless they find, you know, some really incriminating evidence against Joe Biden, Democrats aren't going to budge. All right, now let's talk about something that you raised yesterday. And uh, this is a very important point uh, separate from the accusation of sexual assault. And that is Biden's feeble attempt, or not, let me strike this, Biden's inability to successfully reach out to the left wing of the Democratic Party, the Bernie supporters in the Democratic Party. Uh, and you mentioned, you said something to me yesterday that was very interesting. Uh, Bernie, Bernie supporters need to see more from Joe Biden. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I feel like he definitely hasn't reached a lot of people, um, a lot of Bernie supporters since since uh, Bernie Sanders dropped out, I think he needs to show people that he he is, you know, hearing the Bernie Sanders supporters out. You know, he definitely got um, a lot of the older African-American votes. Um, he got a lot of the Democrat votes. But there are also a lot of, um, I don't know if you read Marlon Garcia's piece in the Sun-Times, and she talked about how Bernie Sanders did this great job reaching out to Latinos. He had a large Latino support. And although although a lot of people like to point out that uh, he got a lot of African-American votes, there were older African-Americans, a lot of younger African-Americans were Bernie Sanders supporters. And uh, there's a lot of people who are Middle Eastern, uh, a lot of Muslims supported Bernie Sanders. So I think one of the things is uh, people feel like, hi, everyone, we are going to, I feel like they think that I feel like they think that as long as they have the vote or they have, like, you know, they have it in the can, they don't have to go out and reach out to them. Yeah, I, I my response to you is that they're not, they could reach out, uh, they're not going to get them. And uh, there's a few Bernie Sanders supporters uh, in your sort of network. Uh, do you think that they'll ever vote for Joe Biden? I have a young family friend, and he said that he would never vote for Joe Biden. He's <laughs> okay. like, maybe if I was in, he said, he said maybe if I was in a swing state, then yeah. I would. But he's like, I'm not voting for him. And I, <laughs> I just said, oh, so you want Donald Trump to win? He's like, well, I don't want Donald Trump to win, but I don't want to vote for Joe Biden. Yeah, I my point proved. And it, so not I do, I do, I do have friends like that. Yeah, I have uh, me too. Many friends like that. Many people listening to this show right now feel the same way. All right, let's move on and talk about uh, the protesters. Uh, as we speak right now, I think they're protesters. From a photo that Dennis just showed me, it looked like, I don't know, 60 maybe. And I'm being generous in my count here in Illinois, uh, Thompson Center. They believe that Governor Pritzker has gone too far uh, with his uh, stay at home orders. Uh, what do you think when you see these protesters out there as you sit in your house, you're doing work from home like every other sometimes employee? What's your thoughts about this? You know, I'm trying to be fair and trying to understand that there might be some people who have real concerns. But then you look at some of the people who are out there, they, you know, Pritzker is Jewish and there's a lot of people holding like Nazi symbols or calling him like Hitler. And so it's kind of interesting. There's a lot of people with Trump signs. There's a lot of people, there's a, there's a General Lee driving around the Thompson Center. Um, you know, the General Lee, if anybody <laughs> watches the Dukes of Hazzard, um, it has a Confederate flag on top of the car. Um, so it, there is a certain element of people. They're mostly white. 
I, I don't know if I've seen any person of color at any of these events. The, the, the rally at the Thompson Center, I've seen some pictures of Springfield because they're having happening simultaneously. There's nobody with weapons, but we saw the people in Michigan, they had weapons. And uh, there is definitely a certain type of person coming to these rallies, I think, if, I, if I'm going to be generalizing the certain groups. Um, there are definitely people who are Trump supporters, I think, from what I see. There might, not, there might be some people who are definitely have good questions out there, but in general, that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, so it's no. kind of interesting. The signs have definitely the signs have definitely been interesting, like saying that we don't need a vaccine. And then there was one sign. There was a group of people. Um, Sam Charles, our reporter, one of our reporters who's out there, said, "Give me liberty or give me COVID nineteen." That was one of the signs that was out there. So uh, there's definitely there's. De- I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, there's definitely people just finding this all somewhat amusing. There's counter protesters in Illinois. Uh, in Chicago, downtown Chicago, they're driving by with signs that said things like go home. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely interesting. Well, at, at the moment, it seems like the Illinois protesters, uh, as obnoxious as they may be with uh, the uh, Robert Lee uh, and uh, the COVID-19 sign that you just alluded to, uh, they're not as obnoxious as the protesters in Michigan um, who just seem to completely yeah, gone off the rails. I think if you want to be, I mean, I I have to show my opinion. I mean, I'll have to talk about my opinion, but um, just those, I think everybody felt the same way. And I saw a lot of tweets about this. Like if these protesters were black and had guns and were armed with guns or any other color, they would never be allowed in the building. They would be called terrorists, but these groups were allowed into the building. It's just mind boggling. and. I don't know. I think there's a lot of good questions people have um, that need to be asked about why. And I, I don't know, my husband, Mick Dunkey, who is a friend of yours, is from Michigan. And he said that, you know, there's a possibility that they allow guns in buildings. And I said, yeah, I guess. But you know that, and he agrees that if there were any other color, they would never be allowed in. And I, I made a joke with him just a few minutes ago about now I know what it, they mean when they say pure Michigan the slogan so (laughs) (laughs) let's throw the entire state of michigan under the bus uh well i I always i always we always make jokes i always make jokes about michigan because he tells me how wonderful it is and it is very wonderful but this stuff is definitely interesting i'm sure it's eye-opening to a lot of people well no i think a lot of people from michigan Michigan is a state uh, where I believe the Republicans control the state legislature, uh, but there's a Democratic governor. She was just elected. There's a feeling that among uh, Trump voters, that state went for Trump in 2016. So this is a classic battleground state. And the Republican Party, the MAGA hat wearers, the Trump supporters are making their stand. Now, Ramana, why they feel that these displays of hostility to the seriousness of this pandemic will win them support beyond the people who already support them. I think I don't understand that. And I think that in and of itself is a form of insanity on their part. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's yeah. I mean, who doesn't want it? I mean, nobody wants a shelter in place anymore. You know, everybody's tired. Everybody wants to go out and see their friends and family. But at the same time, you have to listen to scientists 
and what our politicians are telling us, or at least what the scientists are saying, because some politicians don't believe that we need a stay-at-home order. I have I have family friends who live in Texas, and they said pretty much the stay-at-home order has been lifted, and they're volunteering to stay, and a lot of places are volunteering to stay closed. Um, I think there's a 25% capacity. You know, the governor there is allowing, you know, these businesses to open, and they're saying that these can be opened and 25% of the capacity can be allowed. But at the same time, how are you going to control it? And my friends feel like, this is too early right now and we're going to keep continuing shelter in place and try to, you know, we want to keep people healthy and safe. So I don't know. I feel like in this instance, you have to listen to the scientists and the politicians who are listening to the scientists. So the protest, I think will go on. I think it was simultaneously today. I think there's one in Indiana, maybe it's all around the country, but, um, so you, one thing we have to do, do keep in mind is the one in Chicago. It's, 60 people, even if it was 100 people, that's relatively small. No, it's, uh, like I said, there's a contrast. There were many more people. It was, it was actually kind of frightening. Uh, and I'll, I'll, you, you were talking about the different ways uh, these uh, violations of protocol are handled. Uh, in Wisconsin, there were images of protesters who, who at the uh, state house, just no... Uh, social distancing at all. A lot of them were not wearing masks. They're right next to each other. Uh, we've now like four days in a row of articles about the, the, the party, the house party on the west side of Chicago. Uh, it's been analyzed to death. You know, um, I mean, I could go on and on. There was the, uh, the Orthodox Jewish community in New York uh, had a funeral for one of her prominent... In Rogers Park, too. In Rogers Park. Well, that was a wedding. This one was a funeral. Uh, yeah. No regard... Oh, sorry. Yeah, no regard uh, for social distancing. Just ordinary New Yorkers and New, and New Jersey residents came out to see the Blue Angels flying. I don't know if you saw that. No, everybody's standing together. So there's these violations all over. It's hard for people to stay put for a month for various reasons, et cetera, and so forth. But the protesters are, are the only group that seems to be going out of their way to defiantly, uh, to show up the, the, the orders as though they say they don't believe in them. Uh, so I think yeah, that's exactly. It's interesting. I mean, I'm not a hundred, I'm probably not that great at social distancing either, but I'm trying. And I won't, I don't know, I, I do think that it's, like I said, I think it's important that we keep in mind what the risks are, you know, the whole, the whole world is kind of shut down. So it's like, you know, us reopening, and I understand the, the concerns of people who have small businesses, but it's, it's just interesting, the kind of stuff that's being said, you know, with the, you know, they're, they're equating its freedom and the constitution, when it's really a health issue. Absolutely. All right, let's close down with the Romano recommendation. Uh, and uh, I know you've been watching the Bulls uh, show. I just every week. I'm so into the Bulls show that every week we do a special interview uh, with a like, basketball junkies. We had Steve James on this week, uh, who directed Hoop Dreams. We had Kevin Blackstone, a prominent sports writer, great friend of mine, uh, the first week. And uh, we're going to continue this for the whole show. So I'm having a lot of fun watching the Bulls. You're watching the Bulls uh, documentary, is, uh, I presume, right? Yeah, and you would never call me a Bulls junkie. I'm not like you. But the thing is, I was there when it happened. And I remember all the players in on both three-peat teams 
So it is interesting to watch. And I, I, and I have to say that I know most of the people that are interviewed, um, obviously Michael Jordan, Dennis Rodman, Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen, who you know, um, married a, a graduate from the same high school that I graduated from, Northwest. Larsa Pippen is from um, the uh, Skokie area. I <laughs> did not know that. Not anyway, know that. So, <laughs> <laughs> she's a few years younger than me, but yeah, she, um, I don't know. There's a there's a restaurant, Larsa's in Skokie. That's that's Larsa Pippen. So um, her family is is uh, they're I believe they're Iranian. They're um, from the Assyrian community, but that's just a side side note. But I do know I do know a lot of the players. Um, you know, I just find it really intriguing. I, I um, Mick, my husband and I were talking about um, how we did like the fact that they're going into their backgrounds because I did. I, you know, I knew a little bit about Dennis Rodman's background. I knew a little bit about Michael Jordan's background, but. Scotty Pippen's family, I had no idea that he comes from this family where his father, you know, was in a wheelchair and his brother was also paralyzed in an accident. And, you know, just talking about his family, I had no idea. So I thought it was interesting to hear about these um, these personal stories. That's what was interesting. And then I did find the dynamic, um, even though I'm not like, I don't remember every single play like you probably do and um, Mick does. But um, I do remember, like, you know, I know, like, I didn't know, like, and you, you'd always hear like bits and pieces about Jerry Weinsdorf and Jerry Krause, but just the back and forth that we're seeing and the video and the guys making fun of Jerry Krause, which I, 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 I kind of laughed. I'm not going to lie. I did laugh at some of the jokes Jordan makes, but my brother, who's like a big sports fan too, I was asking him about it because he's totally dissecting this as well. And he said that he felt bad that Jerry Krause couldn't speak up for himself. And then he said that Jerry Reinsdorf seems to be making himself look like a good guy while Jerry Krause is a bad guy. So he feels bad that Jerry Krause isn't there to defend himself. And I only watched up to um, the third episode, but I know what happened. In the, I heard bits and pieces about Isaiah Thomas in the, in the fourth episode, so that, which is pretty interesting. Um, I didn't know about the friction between um, him and the Bulls. Oh, so I, I, I definitely, I, I didn't know about that. So I, I'll, I, I've I'll, been reading about it. Yeah, I'll hold back. I don't know. I, uh, I can No, get... but I know. But did you hear Isaiah Thomas um, this week he was asked, or a few days ago he was asked who the top um, basketball players were, and he put Jordan at number four. Yeah. Isaiah Thomas. Don't get me started, Isaiah Thomas. By the way, uh, Oh, I think we may have uh, lost uh, Romana there. Uh, and, no, he's still here. Uh, oh, you're still here. Uh, don't get me started on Isaiah Thomas. He sings a different song every time he's interviewed. Uh, we did the breakdown of Isaiah Thomas with the Steve James interview. I urge everybody to check that out. Uh, but uh, Isaiah Thomas, there's there's footage of Isaiah Thomas saying that Michael Jordan's the greatest basketball player he ever saw. And then he just came, after Michael Jordan ripped him in the documentary, Isaiah Thomas uh, came out to an interview where he said Jordan's the fourth greatest player he ever played against. So let's just put it this way. This is something I delightful. Uh, for a sports fanatic who's stuck in his attic in the middle of this pandemic. This old Bulls-Pistons rivalry from the late 1980s, this old Bulls-Pistons rivalry, which is older than the sexual assault complaint against Joe Biden, still, still has legs. Ramada still, like, these guys will be in their 90s if they're still around. They'll still be arguing over it. So in one way, it's I appreciate that Isaiah Thomas uh, can't quite <laughs> forgive uh, Jordan because the reality is this, and I said this before, 
Isaiah Thomas has paid a greater price than any other Piston for walking off the court and not shaking the Bulls' hands. He was left off the dream team in 1992, even though he should have been on the dream team. If it was just a meritocracy, he would have been there. But I'll bet you anything, Michael Jordan let them know he wasn't going to play on that team if Isaiah Thomas was there. And so Isaiah Thomas, and that still grinds at Isaiah Thomas. I see that in interviews, how he wasn't on that team. So he probably in the back of his mind, wishes he hadn't listened to his teammate Bill Lambeer, uh, who came up with the idea of not shaking their hands, and uh, had just shaken the hands like a good sport does. There. Okay, enough on that one. Uh, Romano, we're out of time. Well, I do look- you recommend anything else, oh. Romano? We didn't even rec- we just talked about the oh, Bulls the entire time. We- <laughs> That's totally fine. I was going to just recommend really quick. I am going to try Mindy Kaling's show, Never... Oh. Never ever. Well, I don't know how. I don't even know what it is. But never I, have I ever. Never ever ever. Whatever. It's based on a game. But I. I that's how the title came from. But I do want to try her show. So I'll probably check it out this weekend or start it at least. I'll be. And what? I know you're starting. You do just great creep. Oh man, I'm so into that. Every night, two more episodes. Uh, that's how I'm getting through this pandemic, at least at the moment. Shit's Creek. Shit's Creek. Yeah, it just <laughs> cracks me up. Uh, yeah, I'm going to watch the Mindy Kaling thing. We're going to do a deep dive. You know what? We're both going to watch it. We'll do the deep dive. Uh, Ramada has a whole a whole bunch of interesting theories about Mindy Kaling, uh, which we'll get into. I'm looking forward to that. Ramana, stay safe, stay sound. I know you got to get to that sometimes meeting. Thanks for uh, giving us your time one more uh, once Thanks again. Thanks for having me. All right, that's the great Ramana Hussein, uh, uh, editor and columnist for the Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, back in the old days, she would come on the show every Friday, uh, without fail at one thirty, and uh, now we have her on every other week. You love the last dance. That was funny. We just talked about the last. You got any recommendations? Well, and I know. Let's talk about the last dance here for a little bit. And then he just went on a riff. There yeah. went Benny. Well, you know, she. I mean, left left it wide open when she started talking about Isaiah. <laughs> I just read that article where Isaiah first he goes, "Oh, he's the greatest basketball player ever." And then Michael Jordan calls him an asshole. He goes, "Oh, there's four guys. He's fourth. These guys, man, they'll be fighting this feud forever. They'll never get over it. That's good. Anyway, uh, I want to thank Ramana Hussein. Great job as always. And uh, we have a bunch of interviews we're going to do in the next, ooh, 45 minutes or so. Michael Uterich, is going to be, he's going to be talking about his new Bernie Sanders book. I'm sure we'll do a little Joe Biden talk. Uh, and uh, Samina Mustafa, we're going to interview her. I guess that's going to drop on Monday or I don't know. Dennis and I will figure it out. Our weekend a, bonus interviews, oh, yeah. everybody. If you haven't checked them out yet, we highly encourage that you do. It's at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. You people who live stream, well, we do extra stuff too. And we really want you to go check it out. Tell your friends. Go subscribe. Wherever else you download podcasts, Apple, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, all that stuff. Go check it out. Go find these this weekend's Benny J bonus interviews. Uh, very uh, progressive heavy. All right. Yeah, Micah, we are. We are progressive. Micah heavy. Utrecht, uh, Samina Mustafa, and our third one. And in the middle of it, we do a, co- a cannabis conversation uh, with Richard Wallace, and this is fascinating. Uh, Richard, <laughs> uh, he tells it like it is mm-hmm. about how the uh, cannabis industry has not opened up uh, to black entrepreneurs. Uh, we talk about the uh, ongoing social inequities 
when it comes to reefer, man. When it was illegal, it was unfair. And now that it's legal, it's still unfair. So uh, we're probably, I think we'll drop that on Sunday, uh, Richard Wallace. Uh, cannabis conversation and before you drop off of here guys hit like on the bendrowski show uh youtube page there uh, hit like turns out that helps hit subscribe all that stuff go help us out help us out indeed uh dennis great job as always the man to myth the legend the pride and joy of alton illinois and as richard wallace and uh ramana hussein and samina mustafa all can tell you back home in alton they call him white lightning give yourself a raise take it out of petty cash See you on Tuesday, everybody. No one calls me that. And taking us out this Friday afternoon, the latest song from Michael Girardi, Bailout. That's correct. This would be a terrible crisis to waste, as the old saying goes. Right. What's the use? We'll give it all away to the corporate
play the radio, make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night, the, the, the phone, make sure the kids hear words. This would be a terrible crisis to waste, as the old saying goes. It's just going to be you and me. That's correct. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.